the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Vocal Booth To Go, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. This episode, we're really excited to welcome Florida talent Tremaine Mosley to the podcast. But before that, we've got our VO Meter reference levels. Voice Over Extra brings you the VO Meter reference levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. Yeah, thanks again to Voice Over Extra for sponsoring this segment of the show. Sean, what's been going on in your VO world? Well, lots of things. Some good things and some sad things. Um, let's oh, really? see. I'll start... Yeah, I guess I'll start with the sad things. So, as you guys know, I've been working with a large e-learning client, English Anyone, for the last seven years, and I just got notified earlier this month that after this lesson set, we're unfortunately going to be moving to a different model entirely, and so we won't be doing those monthly e-learning modules anymore. So, while it's really unfortunate that like we won't be working together in that capacity anymore, it's... I'm trying not to let it get me down, you know? So first off, it's very important not to put all of your eggs in one basket and not be too reliant on, on any one client or on any one platform, like such as an online casting site or an agent. And second, it felt like a good time. I felt like both of us were kind of reaching a new stage in our careers, and this really gives me a lot more time to kind of devote to, devote to for example, Global Voice Acting Academy and help improve that, as well as my own VO business. So I was starting to get some new opportunities from my agents and from some of my own marketing efforts. So it seemed like a really good time for that to kind of fill that gap. So... As disappointing as it is to lose a large client that I've been with for a long time, I was ready for the ready for the change, and I'm I'm optimistic about it too. So well, that's it's disappointing sad for stuff. me too because uh, you hired me <laughs> for several I've, of the modules. I've hired you for it several times. Uh, yeah, as an editor and an uh, as an actor as well. But I'm sure I'll figure out other ways uh, to help you out because I know I'm going to need some editing help with audiobooks. That's for sure. Yeah, very interesting. Looking forward to maybe helping out with that as well. But you bring up a good point there about putting all your eggs in one basket. It's definitely happened to me as well. I didn't. I never had a client that was basically funding more than you know sixty-five, seventy percent of my income. But I have had clients that were steady for a while and then just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, I guess it's around the spring of last year. I was doing a, a series of large training modules for several companies in Asia. I think I talked about it on the show, and that was great because it was several several modules every week for about a six-month period. I was making pretty good money doing it. It was above union rates, and for those of you that know the union rates or can go to the GVAA guide and check them out, I was doing quite well. And then suddenly it just dried up completely, and I haven't heard from that client in about four months. So like you said, it really, it's really important to diversify and have several streams of income either within voiceover or even some other ways that you can make money in a related sense, like you were talking about with editing or produ producing 
um, as I've talked about on the show, the last couple of months I've been doing some of that. And as long as they're relatable skills, it'll help keep your chops sharp and still make some, some decent cash. And that reminds me about numerous interviews I've seen with some of my favorite voice actors and casting directors and stuff like that. And it's the idea that you have to be flexible, you know, like you can't always be selective about what work you want to pursue. You have to be open to what work is available. And it's not always acting work. Sometimes it is editing or producing or casting or writing or whatever. So if you if you love this industry enough and like you have the innate gifts required, then like you'll make it work for you, right? It doesn't have to always be acting for every project that comes your way. If you love the industry, you'll figure out other ways to find or to supplement your income within it. And like I said, it, it really helps with your skills too. We started this podcast uh, slightly out of boredom, because, <laughs> at least for me, because <laughs> I definitely wasn't working as much as I am now when we first started five years ago or a little mm -hmm. over four and a half years ago. So it was a way for me to keep my skills sharp. And it really helped to the point now where I can edit as fast as probably most people that do only editing because I'm constantly doing the podcast and keeping up with, with production <laughs> skills. I even produced full commercials for people like we've talked about over the last couple of months where four years ago that would not have been possible at all. Absolutely. Like I said, it's always good to be prepared for when, because everyone has these peaks and valleys. I know some of our guests have talked about that recently as well. And like, you just have to do what you can to be prepared for it. Sometimes that means having alternative stokes in the fire, like we talked about before, or even a survival gig, which I've done as well. Like I said, it all comes back to passion and commitment. And if this is something that you want to be a part of your life, you'll make it work for you somehow in whatever way makes sense to you. Yeah, absolutely. So what's happening right. that's but good? Enough of the bad news, That's man. good? A lot of things, actually. So um, thanks to a referral, I got my uh, my first paid audiobook recently. I'm really excited about that. We're about right. halfway through production, just working to finish that up in the coming week or two. And then other than that, I got my new e-learning demo from friend and sponsor of the podcast, JMC, J. Michael Collins. Sounds really great. And he uh, was kind enough to tell me he's already put it in his Sova spin for next year. So who knows? Maybe I get oh, a free sure. trip to California. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm sure Rex Anderson will win. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Who knows? I mean, well, apparently it was this, at least he told me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently Rex just found out. But no, it sounds great. I'm excited about that. And I'm actually working on uh, a commercial demo with, with Terry Daniel and his team. I had a credit from him from a long time ago, back when we used to coach together, that I just never took advantage of. Cause and he remembered? Right when I... What's that? And he, he remembered? remembered? I remind him almost every month, but our schedules have just been so all over the place that, I mean, we're both super flexible about it. Like sometimes, like he might have had an illness of the family or he was going on vacation or whatever. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Whenever you have time. And I mean, like, I, I've known Terry since I started pursuing VO. So, I mean, we're, we're colleagues and friends and we know that when we have time, it's going to just, we're going to finish it in an hour or two and be done and happy. It'd be great. <laughs> are you working directly with him or are you working with somebody on the team who are, most are great? I'm just trying to figure out how, he, how he's working at these days, how big he's gotten, basically. Uh, well, it sounds like he's got a handful of people, maybe like a half dozen on his team. And depending on various strengths and stuff like that, he might have them work with a specific coach. But it sounds like I'm primarily working with him and then maybe uh, Jan Anderson and Rob Marley to help with the script writing. Oh, cool. uh, so excited about that. And, um, and then, of course, it's conference season. Woo! Got VO Atlanta coming up next month. So preparing for that. 
I'm really excited to do an X session with Rob Paulson, the keynote speaker. He's one of my personal voice acting idols from Animaniacs, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pinky and the Brain, and hundreds of other shows since then. So yeah, so I like I said, it's it's a it's an interesting transitional time for me, but one I'm really positive about. Very cool. So before I talk about anything going on in my world, we have some great news to announce for the podcast. We're welcoming a brand new sponsor, somebody that we have had a personal connection with for a long time and wholeheartedly endorsed their products. Please welcome Sennheiser. Woo! Moving to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as I love Sennheiser, I'm still kind of pinching myself that they actually said yes, but uh, they did. We have it in writing. They can't go back now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we really appreciate them coming on board as a sponsor of the VO Meter. Thank you so much. I mean, Sennheiser, Neumann, obviously, industry standard, microphones, headphones, and audio gear. Paul and I have a number of their equipment in our studios, and we're, we're so ecstatic that they have agreed to be a sponsor for the podcast. So thank you, Sennheiser, so much for your sponsorship. Well, from my side of the coin, I have, do I have anything negative going on? Uh, slightly negative. Uh, all of my pay-to-play or online casting site memberships have now expired with the exception of <laughs> with the exception of voiceovers.com which also I guess is set to expire soon. I signed up just before View Atlanta last year. But well, Matt, actually you should if cuz that was the beta term. So you should be good through January 1st, 2021. It's something like that. I remember Matt pushed it off and said that he was it was going to be different because of, like you said one was a beta and then also he promised all the people that signed up, we're talking about Matt Dubois, the, the founder and creator, that he would not run the clock basically on anyone's membership until the first job was booked. So I think that's passed. But yeah, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll check it out and figure it out. But um, I'm pretty sure you're good till January. Um, let's see. So, but, but yeah, definitely check. I mean, honestly, like how, what has your ROI been? Do you feel like you're going to uh, renew any of them? Well, that's what I was getting to. Um, most of the sites I've, I've let expire. And the ones I was active with over the last two years were VO Planet and Bedalgo. And in the past, I was a member of, well, pretty much all of them at different different times. But um, I let those two expire because I, I didn't book a job on any of them over the last year year's membership. Now, the funny part is my kids have and continue to do well on both. <laughs> so, well, so one one of the or two of the kids have booked on Bedalgo, and one is booked on VO Planet. So. Both of those those owners and founders, Kevin West for VO Planet and Armin Hirstetter for Bedalgo, they offer free accounts to children. So if you have kids, we've talked about that. Take advantage of that because my kids just keep breaking up breaking up dough on the sites. So we'll keep those. And uh, voiceovers.com, uh, I have not booked yet, but again, my son just did this week. So. But I mean, forward. that's kind of neither here nor there, because like you said, you can have a free account for him and and yours if you want. <laughs> well, the, the, the voiceovers.com does not work the same way that I don't think. I, I can check with Matt, but I'm not positive about that. I got this audition. I'm not sure what it says about their, their algorithm exactly, but I got this audition for a 10 to 12-year-old in my own personal account. And... Having one in the house was helpful, so we submitted the <laughs> we submitted the uh, the audition, and he actually booked it. So I'm happy for that. But my own personal return on investment is not is not great on Voiceovers.com yet. But I will say the volume is definitely picking up. for For the first several months of the beta, auditions were trickling in, maybe one per week. But now I'm getting several per week, and and usually at least one or two a day. And 
I'm not sure what it is, but the volume is definitely picking up, and I'm happy for that. So I'll stick well, with them good. for a I while and try was... and knock it out of the park. Wonderful. Best of luck to you. Uh, but I know that was a, a very common complaint with a lot of people, just the the lack of available jobs. And I know some people were getting very up in arms about it. I'm like, look, guys, if it's it's I'm sure if the jobs are available, they'd send them to you. They're just not there, you know. And so um, just encouraging people to be patient or pursue other platforms if they're not happy with it. Right. So I, I couch that as a negative, but it's not really a negative. It's just one of the things that and I'm still pursuing, like we talked about, have have uh, diversification in your the way you represent yourself and promote your business. So I am still doing fine with several ongoing e-learning clients, and I'm working on several audiobooks right now. I just finished one, and I'm just waiting for it to go through to retail. Um, and then I'm working on one more that's going to take me forever because it's like 14 hours long. And oh my god! Frankly, it's quite slow going because there's a ton of characters with many, many different accents. I actually, right here, I have a paper character sheet because it's so intense, I can't go back and forth. Usually, I'm able to use electronic materials for all the script reading, all the character notes, but because there's 14 to 20 characters here, I actually printed out the paper copies and kept them on the on the desk inside the booth so I can reference back without having to turn off the recording or flip away from the DAW. So that that one's kind of daunting, and then I have one more I'm working on a nonfiction book that's I'm working on concurrently. So my main you know bread and butter is still happening, and I'm working on those things while still chasing auditions from the agents and and things like that. And then, like you mentioned, conference season, I'll be back at Vio Atlanta on the production team and uh, hair on fire like always, trying to make sure everything goes smoothly. This year I'm working specifically with the Audiobook Academy that's new to Bio Atlanta, so if you're an audiobook narrator, come say hi to me. I'll be at the Crown Plaza most of the time where the Audiobook Academy is going on, and if uh, you want to say hi, please do. He's like the wind. He's everywhere and nowhere all at once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up the VO meter reference levels, but it's been a long time coming because you know it's our favorite part of the show. It's but time you knew it for... would be back. You knew it would be. That's right. It's been a long time coming, but you knew it would be back. It's time for... Questionable Gear Purchase. All right. So, wah, questionable gear purchases. We tried to pretend that it was permanently over, but we should have known better. <laughs> yeah, of course. Especially with the holidays coming up. I know you got some cool stuff over the holiday season, Paul. Anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, the thing that basically put me back down the rabbit hole was my my inability to stop window shopping. So, I, <laughs> I still have all all these saved searches on on eBay or Craigslist or or a reverb, so I'll still check things out. And I found a Sennheiser, new sponsor of the show. Woohoo, Sennheiser! Uh, MKH415. That's the the old vintage version of the uh, the shotgun mic that predates the M the MKH416. So this is a T-powered model, which runs on 12 volt versus 48 volt, but. I've had one before, as listeners of the show probably know. I was about to ask, know. you've had one before. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I've had one before. But because they're vintage and because they're still a fantastic mic, they're, they're quite expensive. They can still be around 400 to $500. Yeah. 
I found this one for 125. I just had to buy it. I didn't even look. That's it. insane. <laughs> I mean, there there are a number of other decent shotgun mics that you could get for that price. But I mean, I, I've never used a 415 myself, but I've heard a lot of people talk very highly of them. I mean, they say they have kind of all of the desirable characteristics of the 416 with like that very upfront and present sound, but. They a lot. I keep hearing this term. They're a little bit warmer. They're a little bit more rounded and smooth. So if you don't mind the it, like, it's a bit of an older mic, so it does require a special adapter uh, to convert like the phantom power to I th- what is it nine volt or something? It's like twelve that. volt. Twelve volt. But if you don't mind that, I mean, you can get a wonderful sounding mic for half the cost of the four sixteen and still sound similar enough to the four sixteen that no engineer is going to complain about it. Yeah, and I'm not using it right now. Full disclosure, because it's my my standing up commercial and video game animation mic. I usually I usually use a different mic for sitting down, which we do with the podcast. But it's exactly as you described. It's the 416 with less crispiness, if that's if that's the way I can describe it. So the the top end rolls off a bit, which is great for me because I do tend to be a little bit more sibilant, and it's basically mm-hmm. the perfect marriage to my voice. I shouldn't have gotten rid of the other one. But now I've rectified that situation. <laughs> but I mean, come on. You've had about two of uh, like of every mic you owed. Like, just to be real sure that it's a good one, right? Yeah, I think that's probably accurate, yeah. So this uh, time I was smart enough not to get rid of my other uh, shotgun mic. I still have the Audio-Technica 875R. But um, while I had the, the 415, I was also bidding on a Rode NTG4 <laughs> because I was... <laughs> Listening to fellow podcasters, <laughs> yeah, I was listening to fellow podcasters, the Pro Audio Suite with uh, Andrew Peters and George Witham and Robert Marshall, and um, oh, there's one other person who, whose name escapes me. Anyway, they did this this mic shootout where they all raved about the NTG4 and they said it sounds more like the 416 than any other mic they've ever heard. So of course I had to find out for myself. I so. admit, I've I've often toyed with the idea of getting like a second shotgun. Is it like basically is a cheaper mic to take with me into the field that I don't care as much about getting damaged or lost. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, Rode is kind of like trying to corner that market. I mean, they've got the Rode NTG3. I know a lot of talent have liked that. Like I know AJ McKay and uh, Lance Blair were using it for a while, and this one's like. It's got a similar sound to the the 416, but it's got a lot more low end, which I know some people have said it's been really great for female talent because it kind of balances out the higher voice. But for some people, if you're already boomy, then uh, then it can kind of exacerbate that. I think you had that issue, right, Paul? Yeah, the NTG3 did not work for me. It was exactly that. It was too boomy it's inside this booth. It might have been better in a, in a more open space, but inside my 4x4 whisper room, it was a disaster. So... So yeah, the NTG4 I mean, was a, a little bit different. It was, it was not the same level of of um, presence, and in most cases, that's probably a good thing. And it sounded quite nice in my booth. The only issue was it didn't sound terribly different from my 875R, and not that's what I was curious. Yeah. Not at all like the 416 or the 415, in my opinion. I didn't get that same impression that Andrew and and George did. So while having them at the same time doing an A and B test, which I probably should have saved, maybe I did. If I can dig it up, I'll put it on the Facebook page. Uh, I think I may have it on my files. I'll get to why that might be an issue in a second. But it didn't sound that much different from the, the, the Audio-Technica, so I ended up just keeping that. 
and the four. The well, I know one that I'm really curious about now is the is the newer model that they have, the NTG five. And the reason that's attractive to me is not just because it's supposed to be kind of like a flat. It sounds like it had a lot of the positive characteristics of the NTG3, but a much flatter response, and it didn't have the boominess and was a little bit more analogous to the 416. But on top of that, you get this amazing, like, I mean, if you're a videographer or do field audio, like, it's got a full kit that's perfect for you. I mean, it's got, like, a, a really nice pistol grip from Rycote that doubles as, like, a boom shock mount. It's just got an incredible kit. So, like, I mean, if you're if you're a videographer professionally or as a hobbyist, this just makes a lot of sense because it's it's this entire comprehensive kit for things that you might have bought piecemeal after the fact. And so it's something that I might return to if I can ever justify the expense. Yeah, I've been but, intrigued by that one, too. And hopefully I can mm -hmm. stop myself from purchasing it. Yeah, we'll, I'm, we'll I admit I'm a sucker for Rycote mounts and stuff like that. And uh, I admit it's a hobby. And and, you, uh, and I think we talked with Rex. He was like, don't let your hobby or actually, no, it was George who was saying, like, don't let your hobby confuse your professional desire to sound better. Because, I mean, like, if you keep them separate, you can enjoy both. But don't feel like the better gear is going to improve your reads that much. Yeah, that's true. So that's, that's the microphone questionable gear purchase, although it's working out pretty well so far. The other thing I did, and is not really related to VO, but I'll give you a peek into my, my personal life a bit. I bought a new computer only because I built a gaming computer as, as another hobby, like you were talking about, and I needed a place to plug into the monitor. So it's basically a, a VR rig for virtual reality because my son got a headset for Christmas, and then I needed one too. So I created this gaming computer to be able to power the VR headset because you need a, a pretty hunky machine to make that work. And I didn't have a monitor on which to show it because you can't boot right into VR, or you can, but it's kind of clunky, and if anything goes wrong, you have to take off the headset, and you need a, a way to see what's on the actual computer to troubleshoot. So uh, I put it in the office or the studio where where the um, the booth is in the same room, and then used the monitor I was going to use for my old computer, and now it's a, it's a dual purpose. But the issue was I was using an iMac, which is built-in screen and computer all in one, mm -hmm. and I couldn't plug into the iMac. There may be a way to do it, but because I use an external monitor, all the ports are taken up. So anyway, long story short, I bought a, a used Mac Mini in order to plug into the monitor and then have the gaming PC plugged into the monitor as well, so I can just switch between the inputs. But uh, Where'd you pick up the, the Mini from? It was an eBay purchase, uh, a used, oh, okay. uh, used one that seems to be working pretty well. It's a slight upgrade, too, so to justify it to myself and... Not feel like a complete idiot. I did upgrade slightly. So I was using a, uh, I think a 2011 iMac that was only upgradable to High Sierra, and it had um, it had eight gigabytes of RAM. So now I've upgraded to this one has 16 gigabytes of RAM. So it is much faster. Nice. And it's like a late 2012, and I am able to upgrade to Catalina, although I haven't yet because I'm still a little worried about how it's gonna how it's gonna interact with all of my audio um, interfaces and microphones, but I'm up to Mojave right now, which is more upgraded yeah, than I, I was before. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at, too. I'm a little, I'm a little scared to upgrade. Um, but that's great. I mean, a 2012, wow. You, you wouldn't, like, I admit that's a little bit earlier than I would go, but, I mean, the Mac Minis, like, they're, they're great little workhorse computers and certainly strong enough to do audio work or be a, a media server, even those older models. 
I, I definitely feel you though, because I've been kind of lusting after like a new computer and stuff like that. Because recently I traded in my my previous laptop and my backup laptop to try and get some Apple credit, and kind of held off because I don't know with with the 2019 offerings, I wasn't happy with like the new key the newer keyboard. And, and of course, the Apple tax. I just didn't find anything that, that really met my budget. But I just wanted to give you guys some tips to look for if you're trying to decide for yourself. Because I've seen recently people were trying to figure out what's a good Mac to get for this time of year. Is it even worth buying? And honestly, if you didn't like the keyboard style, the butterfly switches from the 2016 to the 2019 laptops, don't get those because <laughs> they changed it. They changed it with the new 16-inch MacBook. And rumors are that starting in the summer or the fall, they're probably going to do the same thing to the rest of the lineup. So if that was one feature that you really didn't like about MacBooks for the last couple of years, wait or get an iMac or a Mac Mini that comes with a, a separate keyboard. And of course, if you're trying to save money, I'm a huge fan of MacSales.org or OWC. Uh, they make a lot of, they've got a lot of great used and refurbished Macs, and they've also got ways to kind of rejuvenate your current Mac. So with like SSD upgrades or memory upgrades, if you have an earlier machine that you're able to use or upgrade yourself, and of course, eBay and even Reverb occasionally have some good used deals on uh, on used machines. Oh, really? So, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's kind of few and far between, but sometimes you can find them. So yeah, I hope you'd found that useful. It's it's an interesting time to be in right right now with all these computers. But it's just like, if you don't want to spend more than two grand on a computer, then go used basically <laughs> or refurbished. You can find some fantastic deals. I'll share with the the audience the, the gaming computer I I built. I bought a used Dell desktop machine, a ninety twenty Optiplex. I spent $75 for it, and then I bought a $100 video card, and boom, it's like a monster. and runs all the same games my son's computer does that we spent almost $2,000 for. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. That's cool. Oh, these times we live in. So, yeah, don't be afraid to go used. Like, it just depends on what your needs and your budget are, of course. Honestly, in the age of planned obsolescence, like, stuff from four or five or seven years ago is still good, but... Obviously, the more current stuff is faster, stronger, etc. But again, is are those features that you really need? Is future-proofing important to you? These are the things that you can consider and still get a machine that is that you could be completely happy with. So do you have any other purchases you want to talk about? I, I was actually pretty lucky because, um, I mean, the holidays came around. We had Christmas, and then my birthday about a month later is uh, January 24th. And so my brothers actually got me a bunch of gear and accessories and stuff like that felt very spoiled. But anyways, so I got a couple of cool things. So one was I got these little stereo mics that plug into my Sentrance mixer face. They're also from Sentrance. They're called the Pivot Mics. And uh, like Pivot. I said, this is... Pivot! That? Are you a Friends fan at all? Oh, Pivot? Yeah. <laughs> Pivot! <laughs> Classic. I uh, haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> um, so they're the pivot mics, and um, anyways, like they're they're super tiny. You can kind of uh, they're X Y mics, so you can make them go basically pointing across each other or forming a little bit of a Y shape. 
And this is for, this basically turns my mixer face, this little portable interface, into a true standalone recording device. So it's actually got an SD card in it. So if I don't want to attach it to an iPhone or any other Android phone or a laptop or whatever, I can just record interviews, dialogue with just this device and the mics. So this would be great for, for conferences, for interviews, for music concerts anything like that where I want to record live sound in crystal clear quality. And I just I just love the form factor of these things because they're, they're compact. The build quality is outstanding. I mean, they're very small, but they're very weighty for their size. And I realize Mixerface is kind of a mid-tier interface, but it really feels like a luxury boutique audio item. I mean, it, it's just like, I love having it. I love the feel of it. I love how it looks. It's just a very luxurious piece of audio gear, I feel, you know. So there's that. And I'm really excited to have that both for the podcast and my own hobbyist recordings and maybe even some field or um, recording auditions in the car or when I travel. In addition to that, speaking of travel stuff, I got some cool accessories for my Apogee mic. Plus, it was also, it was a birthday gift for my brother's. Apogee makes this kind of custom-built travel case, and I love it because they they re they re-engineered it to make it a lot more spacious. So not only does it hold the mic, the mic stand, three cables to connect it to either a USB-C or a laptop or a phone, and it's even got room for its little custom-built pop filter, which they finally made after like three iterations of the mic. It's this cool little thing that just kind of sandwiches between the mic stand and the mic itself. Although I admit, I, I kind of would have expected some more padding on it. I kind of scratched up, scratched the hell out of the back of my mic trying to screw it in there because <laughs> uh, it didn't really have any like protective washers or anything. In my enthusiasm, just be a little bit more gentle with that. So yeah, like as you can see, I just kind of was accessorizing over the last couple of months. And that's just kind of my way to satisfy my gear lust without spending a whole lot of money. Is <laughs> just trying to accessorize the things I already have. Before we wrap up this segment of questionable gear purchases, we would be remiss to forget one of our greatest sponsors that's been with us since the beginning, Vocalbooth to Go. Vocalbooth to Go's patented acoustic blankets are an effective alternative to expensive soundproofing. Often used by vocal and voiceover professionals, audio engineers, and studios as an affordable soundproofing and absorption solution. We make your environment quieter for less. So thank you so much, Vocalbooth to Go, for being a sponsor of the podcast. As everyone knows, we're huge shills for their products because we really stand by them. They're something that we are really happy to be represented by. And they moved into a new space, a new office space, complete with a recording studio. And Ooh, uh, I'm pretty excited to go see that. They told me they sent me an invite once it's up and ready to go. I did stop in right before the holidays where they were still sort of in construction. And it's an awesome space, but uh, it wasn't completed yet. I'm looking forward to getting out there when it is. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? 
go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. All right, everybody, welcome to the interview portion of this episode of the VO Meter. We're so excited to have our guest today. He has a voice that can appeal to the streets, corporate suits, or just be one of the guys. His voice has been heard in promos on Comedy Central, corporate narration for Jeep and Pfizer, on the field at the University of Florida, a concert announcer for top international DJ Quentin Moseman, and on various commercials across the country. He's a natural storyteller that can be heard in Jackson's Magical Adventures, audiobook by Tamara Shiloh, or the documentary Kings about the family of Martin Luther King on the Daystar Network. Finally, he's the voice of DJ Trey Moe in EA's Madden 2020. So please join me in welcoming Tremaine Kendrick Mosley. Welcome, Trey. Trey, my man, how's it going? Whole name, man. Wow. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't sure if that was a well kept secret. (laughs) No, it's fine. I'm I'm so the majority of the people that I've met, uh, let's say post nineteen ninety-nine, uh, know me as Trey. And then I just kinda kept it once I got into VO and, and other um aspects of business. So anyone nineteen ninety nine prior all the way back to my birth they know me as Tremaine so it's 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 still kind of strange I remember um uh coming home for Christmas I was living in DC came home and, and gave somebody's my my phone number at home and they were like yeah hey can we uh speak to Trey she's like my mom was like who Trey who <laughs> like that's that's me. <laughs> That's the other me. So, I mean, either one's fine. Just just messing with you. It's just strange to hear that song. But, yeah, whoever you call, it's me. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up. Promise. There you go. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned living in D.C. because one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because you're a bit of a personal rival for me. I, 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 <laughs> I know you're... I know you're a here, sports guy. Here we go. Here so we I, go. I know you're a sports guy. So I'll compare it to uh, in baseball, the the Orioles and the Yankees, or in basketball, maybe the Memphis Grizzlies and the Lakers. To the Grizzlies, the Lakers may be a pro, maybe a, a rival, but the Lakers and the to, to the Lakers, the Grizzlies don't even exist. It doesn't not even on the radar. But because you've done a lot of work in what used to be your backyard in the, in the Baltimore area. Um, it, it cracks me up, I should say. Every time I see you do a job for the Baltimore Aquarium, for uh, an inner city, uh, inner city um, youth center oh, that you did a couple of years ago, yeah, yeah. Uh, that my kids' schools. We talked about that on the on the show. How <laughs> right. you did a training session for the schools that my kids attend. But I congratulate you every time I see it. I always love to have my friends in my ears when I'm either in the car or watching online. So congratulations on all the work you've done locally and all across the country. You're really kind of blowing up lately. Thank Absolutely. you, Absolutely. Um, yeah, well-deserved, man. And I think it's just funny because Paul and I were joking before this because, like, people who don't know that you and Paul know each other have seen, you're like, hey, man, check out this thing, this new project I was on. And then, like, Paul's just like, you son of a... And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, whoa, Paul, I, calm I, down. I it's that, Trey, you man. Know, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, we get it, but I get inboxes like... 
hey, you know I ain't too far in BMO, bro. You mean take him out? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend. He's just busting my chops. Oh, because you know, he sounded like he kind of salty. I'm like, nah, man. Paul's good people. Relax. Yeah, to be fair, we haven't spent a ton of time together. Definitely at VO Atlanta and a couple other places, but I probably should tone it down because it has gotten a little ridiculous. I apologize. I mean, coming from where I come from in Miami, um, we we talk like that just just in my family alone. (laughs) Uh, You want to hear some some smack really being talked? Come on and come down for Thanksgiving. No, just come down for a weekend, and uh, it'll fly around. So no, you're 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 fine, dude. That's the kind of family I come from too, so yeah, that must be where it comes from. Banter. I am I'm used to it, being especially being the not only the only son of my mom's three children, but um, being the youngest. So I've been getting it uh, forever. So get in line. Oh, I can feel that. But I mean, it's just <laughs> funny because I mean, the the truly mean spirited VOs are few and far between. And yeah. honestly, Trey is one of the nicest guys I have ever met. And probably, I know Paul's the one who usually has these sort of like seven degrees of Kevin VO bacon. But like, actually, <laughs> Trey was one of my first like VO colleagues and contacts. Like, I think it was eight years ago now. Oh, crap, yep. man. Dateness. But. I remember we were doing like a VO peeps workshop with Elaine mm-hmm. Clark. And then you heard great. me read and you were like, man, you sound just like Tom Cruise. And like no one had ever said that yes, I, I did tell you that. <laughs> but he does. And I was like, I had never drawn that comparison before. I thought it was hilarious. And then, but I mean, even just reading your comments online, I was like, man, I gel with this guy. Like, he's got a really good outlook on life and I, and I really wish him the best. Oh, that's sweet, man. Yeah, you you've you've actually uh, given me some work too. So. Um, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah the the uh, the friendship is is mutual, my friend. Absolutely. For real, rising tide. <laughs> but uh, but go. anyways, man. So obviously you you've known me and Paul for a while. But uh, tell us about yourself. How did you get into the business? Well, it all started on a cold winter's night and in a world. <laughs> mother was. I was sitting in with my kerchief on. No, but so how I got into VO is uh, it's a roundabout question. Um, well, here we go. So I was working in the corporate world, as most of us um, tend to come from. Um, I was doing mortgage. I was doing some IT. And uh, the mortgage company that I worked for, uh, decided to uh, tell us goodbye. And I said, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And they gave me a nice uh, severance. And I also had some stock that I hadn't sold. So sitting home, uh, drinking beer and watching documentaries and stuff, uh, I'm like, you know, I could do that. And, and, and not, you know, toot my own horn, but I know being in customer service, uh, sometimes they always tell you to talk with a, you know, put your smile through the phone. <laughs> and what I would do, especially when I worked the night shift, you know, it's 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 a little bit more lax. The supervisors aren't monitoring all the calls, so you know, if a call came in and you know I, I made decide to, hello, thank you for calling. Uh, this is our customer service. How can I help you? And now they look, you know, people in the cubes are like. I don't know. We had a British guy here. Idris <laughs> Elba, you know, is that you? Yeah, like, <laughs> they're, they're looking around like, who the hell is that? So I just had fun with it, and I got called in one day, and 
like, we want to play something for you. And they played uh, one of my calls. And I'm thinking, uh, well, time to go fried chicken. I guess I'll be getting the old heave ho. And they were like, dude, where do you get these voices from? I said, well, growing up as a kid, um, I was a latchkey kid. So my mom, ironically, was a teacher. So I would beat her home most of the time. So I'm watching PBS. I'm watching cartoons. I'm just soaking it all in. And that was my friend, the TV. You know, if it wasn't books, it was TV. So I would either read and create voices from the books that I read or, um, you know, learning accents and and dialects from television. So it it all kind of, I guess it was preparing me for what I do now. But to answer your question, I sat and watched maybe 10 or 12 hours within two days or so of documentaries. And I really got interested in, in what happened with, uh, you know, who does, who's that voice? And certain voices, you can tell if it's an actor that's doing, like an on-screen actor. But then if you hear someone uh, that we may know in the business now, I didn't know who they were then. I'm like, he has a kind of, you know, distinctive voice. I don't know who that is. So now I'm watching credits. Oh, narrated by so-and-so-and-so, writing that name down. Narrated by Dave Fennoy. I'm like, I don't know who he is, but writing that down. You know, narrated by whoever. And I'm writing all these names down, and I'm going online. I'm like, oh, so this is a thing (laughs) like you can do this, do this. So I, uh, did with any, uh, novice would do. I went out and bought a whole bunch of equipment, (laughs) (laughs) not knowing how to use it. Well, that's not true. My uncle was a TV news director, so he did teach me some things. I I had some, some AV knowledge, but not a lot. And I knew somehow it, it could translate into, you know, hooking up your monitors and I just I didn't know how to do it with a laptop but YouTube is your friend folks and I learned how to hook everything up and I'm like all right let's do it and now how do I do it because I didn't know how to find work um so that led me to what is it voice one two three and I'm like this is it is it that easy <laughs> so I I I joined um I had no demos so I created, and this is where the, the AV background comes in. I knew how to make spots and cut spots. So I just made my own like little spots and, and put it on voice one, two, three. And all of a sudden I started getting auditions. I'm like, that worked. Um, kids don't try this at home. Get, 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 a, get, a, get a pro demo or someone, you know, that can make one, but I, Hey, it's what I did, but I'm just saying. And, and the um, landscape started, has definitely changed. Oh, absolutely. And then I started getting, you know, some some work and, you know, 100 bucks here, a couple of hundred bucks there and and not knowing about rates at all. We know how important rates are now because every other blog or vlog or whatever podcast you hear, they're talking about rates. But, you know, to a guy who just got got canned and is making a couple of hundred bucks a pop. I'm like, yeah, this ain't bad until the work stopped coming. I think I may have booked four jobs and then the rest of the year I got nothing. And I'm like, I don't understand. So on YouTube again, looking around and and look and putting these names in again and, and looking at the work that they've done. I'm like, I know, I know that cartoon. Wait, Pat Fraley did that. And, you know, so-and-so did that. Oh, that's who Susan Blue is. And my mind is just blown. 
so now I'm in the matrix of YouTube just downloading all of these voices and people and matching faces and names and voices to, you know, matching who they are. I'm like, okay, I, if I want to really do this, I need to be around these people. And then that's when uh, the the shroud of doom kind of <laughs> clouded me. Oh, they're all in L.A. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Florida. Uh, and for a second... I actually thought about selling the remaining stock I had and grabbing grabbing the cat and was like, all right, we're going to California. <laughs> Until I saw the cost of living. Like, no, we're going to stay here. <laughs> and and it's not it, it's not going to work. So I'm thinking VO is just not going to happen for me. But then I read that you can now record voiceover from home without, you know, without being in the studio. I'm like, really? How do you do that? Because my little setup, I had a AKG Perception 220. I had um, I was using Cubase, and I had my um, you know my my Windows PC laptop, and you know I thought I was standing on top of the mountain with my hands on my hip, like I am now a voice actor, and <laughs> the people at the bottom were like, shut up. So you know. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really know uh, how to make this thing work. And that's when I saw a video called And God Made a Voice Actor. And it was kind of a, a spinoff of a Dodge Ram commercial. I think it was called uh, God Made a Farmer. And um, I watched the video, and at the end of the video, it said VO Atlanta. And I'm like, what is that? And I punched it in. Uh, Google is your friend. I looked it up, and it was like, yeah, this is going to be a, a voiceover conference in Atlanta. Like, hey, that's a four-hour drive. Let's do it. So I I, I booked a room and um, paid for the conference, and away I went. And now I'm surrounded by these people who I don't know. Um, I said, but maybe I should get the well, – actually, let me go back one step. I went on Facebook started joining crazy groups and I read something about Joan Baker and I reached out to her and you know she was very very nice and and, and kind to me and I'm like okay you know what uh that's one that's one person I know all right this is gonna happen so I get there and well you guys have been to the conference it was nothing like the big like kaboom it is now it may have been max 100 people. And um, I'm like, I thought this voiceover thing was like a lot of folks. This is this is like my high school reunion. I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really kind of just like, all right, well, we're here. And, you know, I'm, I'm making the rounds. And then they had panels. And Nancy Wolfson was on a panel. I'm like, okay, Nancy knows what she's talking about. Let's write her name down. Um, and then with Joan and Rudy, you know, it it's interesting watching those two in the same room because if you've ever met Rudy, Rudy's like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? So and so and so. Good to have you here. And Joan is like, yes, and we're gonna blow. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> how does that work with these two? Track man. <laughs> And that's when I, I was like, oh, y'all together? I thought y'all were just like, business? No, that's my, oh, okay, okay girl, do, do your thing. And I was just blown away. And I started to meet people. 
And that's when I kind of was like, I might be able to do this. But I still wasn't sure. And then I flew out to that voiceover. uh, First time in Los Angeles. Got lost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now I'm stuck at Union Station looking like a true tourist because I got the carry on. I got my laptop case with me. I'm like, this is not going well. I should be robbed in the next 15 minutes. (laughs) And I didn't know where my hotel was. Ironically, a homeless guy was like, hey, where are you trying to go, kid? I'm like, uh, the Grafton on Sunset? Oh, yeah. So there's going to be a 420 bus that's going to come over here. You take that and you transfer it to the so-and-so. And I'm like, should I really trust him? He's been here longer than me. But his, uh, his directions were accurate. Dropped me off a block away from the hotel. And I uh, got to the hotel and, you know, I started to kind of relax myself because now I'm drenched in sweat. I'm just like, this is going to be the worst weekend ever. And it was because now my phone died. There's no T-Mobile store anywhere on Sunset. Um, I have no way to charge it because I forgot the USB to charge the phone. So that's just, uh, it was crazy. But I look at that experience and the people that I've met, um, First time meeting Joe Cipriano, first time meeting uh, Dave Fanoy, and I'm just kind of standing there like, okay, these are the people I read about. And now I'm like, he just patted me on the back like, hey, Trey, how's it going? I'm like, how, how do you know my name? Oh, because I told you. Okay, you need to calm down. <laughs> <sighs> you need to really calm down, sir. And then I did what they uh, call speed dating. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they listen to your demo, and then they sing it to the next person, the next person. And Nancy was like, who did your demo? I'm like, oh, busted. I said, uh, <laughs> I did. She was like, yeah, I could tell. No knock, just I, I know it's not a professionally done demo. Your stuff is good, but you really need to get something professional if you're really going to try to do this. And I was like, okay. So she didn't, she didn't, you know, rake me over the coals because, you know, her reputation by then I had learned. I'm like, oh, she's like one of these tough SOVs. You got to be careful around her. But mm-hmm. she was really cool with me. And I flew back to Florida and I had this sense of, you know, I really think I can do this. And it was always think, not know. I, I, there was always doubt. But I would say between 2012 in 2016, um, I started to, to really invest in it and, and not just monetarily, you know, commercials had a different perception from me now. Now I'm, I'm listening to how these guys and, 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 and ladies are, are doing, you know, spots and I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm pausing the DVR and I'm listening, you know, the 2000, you know, 12 Dodge Ram. I'm like, okay, yeah, that that's how that's how he did it. But how would I do it? So then I'm going the 2012. I'm like, oh shit, that was me. So <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting excited <laughs> because I'm I'm hearing the potential before anybody else does. And I started just recording, you know, these these fake promos and and fake, you know, commercial spots, uh, more or less training myself because I still hadn't decided on getting a coach yet, and. To be honest, I was still living off, you know, my stocks and and uh, severance. So I was like, yeah, I gotta slow down, kid. Um, but by twenty, 
14, I had started really investing in coaching. Uh, as a matter of fact, my very first VO coach was Rodney Salisbury, um, one of the greatest guys, just a nice dude. Um, I think he just wakes up out of the bed smiling, just the nicest guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he was very patient with me. And one thing that he told me that I, even now, um, if it's a, a session that I'm just really excited about, he uh, would say, Trey, respect the copy. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, Rodney. He's like, no, just <laughs> understand that, you know, there was some guy that took the time to get this idea in his head that I'm going to write this down, someone's going to speak it, and then it's going to be heard by whomever. So, you know, give that person their, their due and, and put their words to use. And make sure that when you say what you say, you say it from the heart, you mean it. Um, even if you don't believe it, the, the art of the job is to at least sound like you believe it. I'm like, okay, so I've lied before. I can do this. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. And But I, I take that to heart now, especially, you know, this is going into year 10 for me. And I'm like, yeah, I, I still respect the copy. And by 2015, I saw a shift. I had started back working at, a, at another, um, another company, but I was still, my mind was focused on this VO thing because now had, had, um, having gone to a few more conferences and started to make the rounds as far as meeting more and more people in the industry, and I, I saw the, the camaraderie, albeit competitive, but still, like, you know, like just how me and Paul, you know, rib each other. You know, I saw that a lot with, with people. I'm like, so, wait, he, he booked something you auditioned for and, and you don't want to spike his drink? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Because in the corporate world, you know, if so-and-so gets a promotion that you were going for, you, you will hate him the rest of your day. Like, hmm, there's Steve. He's all Mr. You know, Absolutely. Account you know, and it's totally not like that, at least from my experience in, in VO. What made me kind of say, well, not even kind of, but what made me say to myself, you can do this. You mentioned uh, in the, in the, I guess, my short little bio or, or intro, um, the thing I did for the Daystar Network, the, the King's um, documentary. I made a list, and one of the things that I had on the list, I'm like, okay, I want to narrate I want to do promos. I want to do trailers within by year 10. And albeit Daystar is a small network, it's a it's a Christian network. And, you know, it's on mostly satellite and, and cable uh, channels. So they have their following. But if you tell somebody, hey, I did something for Daystar, they're like, is that like, the, are you flying to the moon? What is, what is that, Daystar? I don't, I don't get it. Is it science fiction? No. <laughs> so... I remember doing that piece and what I didn't realize when their director contacted me, the casting guy who's actually um, the producer, he's the producer at the, at the network. He was like, look, we love the read, but it also has to be approved by the King family. So like Martin. No Luther pressure. Kings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so they're going to listen to it. Yes, they're going to listen to it and give it their blessing if they like it. 
and um, it made me very nervous. But I'm like, no, this is this is what you wanted. This is what you wrote down on that piece of paper. Narration for a network. You didn't say how big the network was, but you just said narration. So here you go. And I gave it a whirl. I didn't hear anything for a day. I'm like, all right, I blew that. Uh, he emails. No, he calls me. And he was like, um, I have a message for you. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to say, get this guy out of here. Um, but the message was tell the young man that narrated this that he uh his voice reminds us so much of of my father and you've done the family proud wow paraphrasing but some somewhere it, but they gave the they gave the green light and they they enjoyed the read so i'm like that just happened and That's and incredible. when that did yeah and when that happened i'm like okay i can do this and I've been going strong ever since, just moving onward and upward and really dedicating myself to the craft. Uh, my friends in VO always tell me, they're like, dude, how do you find, you know, work? Like, you're one of the, the hardest, like, dudes. You're always posting. I did this corporate thing. I did. Where are you finding work? I'm like, I just, growing up in, in Miami, kids... And I'm sure it's everywhere else, but just based on what I, I know, what I've seen, you're always taught to hustle. Um, my mom taught night school and, you know, we would be out selling snacks to the students. You're like, hey, you hungry? You're thirsty? We got sandwiches. We got, you know, we got soda. We got whatever, you know, whatever it took to to make you a couple of bucks. You, you did that. Um, and that work ethic is still uh is still in me you know i will reach out to 20 30 or more producers uh you know production companies um game developers whomever and you know just drop a, a short hey how are you um my name is trey mosley i'm a, a voice actor um not really coming to you to say give me work give me work however um, if you have a project coming up that you think my voice is a good fit for, uh, let's talk about it. Um, here's some samples of my work. Or you can go to my, you know, Vimeo page or you can go directly to my website. Hope to hear from you. Send. And out of 20, if I get five, that's a start. So that's really how I got started and how I get work now all in a nutshell. It's crazy how I, I, I look back at how many times I almost gave this up and to see where I am now, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't trade this for nothing, man. It has been a, a blast. It's been an awesome, awesome ride. And um, yeah, I, I literally wouldn't trade it for, for nothing. Well, it's good to no. hear that, yeah. that struggle because I get that, that question asked a lot of, of me too, and I'm sure Sean does, and pretty much all of us who have had any modicum of success that, oh, you, you really seem to be doing well. How'd you do it? And it's good to hear that it's not easy, and it does take work and perseverance. But having said all that, now, recently, it seems, you've sort of been on upswing and, uh, dare I say, skyrocketed with a couple of really high-profile jobs. Oh, pay this man, why don't you? I mean, you're in, you're in one of the most recognizable video game franchises in the world in Madden 2020, and you just did a promo for Good Morning America. What have you done differently, or can you point to something you've done differently that has really helped you hit the ground running in the last 12 to 18 months? 
I turn off my phone or at least turn the sound down. I don't even put on vibrate. And I say that because when I go to uh, either my laptop or like where I am now in the studio, I will dedicate as much time as I can to um, social media and between Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, I'm, I put up videos. Uh, sometimes it may not be an actual spot. It may just be a video of me in session. It may be an actual spot I've done. And I market myself that way to let people know that, you know, if this is the kind of voice that you want for a specific project, then here I am. Another thing is a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't like to mention to their agents what type of work they want to do. I don't have that problem. And and I don't say it in a demeaning or condescending way, but I'll say, hey, um, been thinking about uh, doing more promo or, or more sports stuff or whatever. So if you get something that comes your way and you think I'm a good fit for it, you know, give me a throw. And, you know, luckily I, I have the type of agents that, that will listen and say, okay, hey, I uh, got this thing for you um, for the MLB network. Um, give us a couple of takes and let's, let's see what happens. And now it's on me because I've asked for this. So what are you going to do to, to book the gig? Some people will give, you know, a quick three reads and send it off. For me, I'm a little bit more... Uh, I'm a little neurotic when it comes to auditions. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do six takes, and then it's a process of elimination. Like, okay, does that one sound like that one? Does that one sound like that one? No, those two are good. That one's not as great. And then I just narrow it down. Like, these are my three cent. And then I go. Now, there will be some folks on the other end of that. Well, that's too long to be auditioning. Either you know what you're doing or you don't. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. That's why I do six auditions and narrow it down to three. Some people, you know, send those three, and then as soon as they hit send, damn, I could have did something different. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> so if that means spending an extra 15 minutes on some editing, and that's another thing. Over the years, a lot of the things that hampered me, uh, I can kind of fly through now. And I think for, for most of us in, in this um, business, um, editing is going to either you're going to love it or you're not. Because if it takes you an hour to, you know, edit three auditions, that's a problem. I can usually knock everything out within 20 minutes because now you know what to listen for and you can look on your in your waveform if you use Adobe Audition or whatever um, program you're looking at, you can tell the spikes and what needs to come out. That's a cough. That's a, a smack or whatever. So repetition, you know, helps the memory. So you can do those edits and, like with your eyes closed. So it, I can do six auditions and still, you know, knock everything out in 15, 20 minutes because I know what to look for. But not only that, um, I'm also more selective and what I audition for. You know, when when you're new to this, everything that comes in your email, you're like, I gotta do this. Oh, there's one for McDonald's. Oh, there's one for Arby's. You can't do them all. 
while in a perfect world, we'd love to book everything that comes through our inbox. We're not. But I will look at specs, and if I see something that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's me, I'll do it. Sometimes I'll look at specs, and it's totally opposite of me, and I'll do it anyway just to give them something different. So you, you have to know when to go to that ledge and look down and take the jump, and you have to know when to say, yeah, I'm going to step back from this one. Because what you don't want to do is keep sending out bad auditions. Because mm -hmm. now, not only will um, clients tend to shy away from you, your agents will start to send you less work. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had folks I've referred to um, production companies, and they're like, hey, you know, that, that, that guy you sent us, you know, while he has a great voice, you know, his, his, uh, his audio quality is not that great. And have you talked to him about it? I'm like, I'll talk to him. Like, dude, you need to, your gain's too high or they're hearing, you know, your extra breaths and whatever. I'm like, look, even if you need to send me the file, I'll fix it. But if you book this, you better have that, your chain like together because you're missing out, you know, stuff that maybe was destined for you to book. They're not going to give it to me because they're like, yeah, we, we can't work with him because his chain is not where it needs to be. So little things like that can, can help your process. I definitely want to uh, focus on that point because I understand, especially when you're getting started, the enthusiasm and chomping at the bit, like I'm going to audition for all the jobs. Man, but this listen. is where it's even more important because it sounds like you yourself, you had these specific goals on the genres you wanted to pursue. And for, for some people, it kind of goes hand in hand with that enthusiasm is that you don't have that vocal awareness of where you sit in the mix. Like what genres are you even cut out for? And that's why it's so important to have that kind of team or supporters, whether it be a coach or just industry colleagues, kind of listening to your stuff beforehand mm -hmm. so they can make these, like you can make those improvements behind the scenes before it's going to cost you a job. You are correct, sir. Um, what I used to do in the, in the early years is I would, you know, do a couple of takes and there were a handful of folks that I would send to, hey, listen to this real quick if you got time and tell me what you think. Because I knew that they were working already and I'm trying to, to get the work that they were getting. So I'm like, okay, they'll give it to me straight. And then I'll hear one person, uh, well, you got good tone for it, but slow down. Then someone will say, hey, I hear like a in the background, you know, check your game, see, if, you know, where's your, what's your room, you know, tone, like, and everyone's giving me different pieces and bits, I'm like, okay, write that down, room tone, write that, and I'm like, okay, what is that, and, but once I understood what it meant, I was able to say, okay, yeah, that is a little off, why'd I push it right there, yeah, that sounds flat, you sound totally, un do you want to audition for this, so over, <laughs> over time, you, 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 you know, your body is a muscle, most of it at least. Well, probably fat on me, but you know, for you, for you guys <laughs> like Sean, Sean has some muscles in there. But my point is, um, muscle memory. There are things that you do over time that you will remember uh, and learn how to do. Whereas the rookies, and I, I wouldn't even say rookies, but let's just say the less experienced voice talent, because they want recognition um, as someone who can do the job they sometimes are so headstrong to just send it in that they may not take the time to 
to listen for those or at the last mm-hmm. second the dog goes Arr! and you're like ah, they won't hear that yes they will hear that and then mm-hmm. you're not in the running anymore um, little things like that uh, can really make the difference between being called back and being an afterthought in this business Absolutely. And I forget who mentioned it, but there, this has been said at least once by agents and casting directors. They get so many auditions, they are looking for excuses to cut you from the bin. So Absolutely. anything, Yeah. So any issues with audio, any uncut breaths or any other distractions, anything like that. Super right long to the slates. Bin. Yeah. Yes. They will not hesitate to put you in that. So don't, go, don't give them an excuse. The breath thing, though, is so selective. It... it you know, you ask an agent on Monday, I don't mind breaths, and you ask an agent on Monday, <laughs> take the breaths out. So and with that, mm, you can kind of play with that one because I've sent some stuff in, and I was pretty breathy. And I'm like, I'm not going to get that. And then all But of does a sudden, it detract like, hey. from the read is the question. <laughs> right. So, you know, that it's, it's, it's subjective. But as long as you're not sounding like Mariah Carey, who's very breathy, I'm Mariah. <laughs> You know, she's like, hey. yeah, don't do not do that. But if you're reading something and it's like so-and-so and so-and-so and so, but if you go, like someone just surprised you, then edit that joker, man. Get that out of there. But, uh, you know, just, I mean, because we naturally take breaths when we talk. So if you're talking, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's cool. But if it's like exaggerated, yeah, don't, nah, that's not good. That's not good. Awesome. And, so you're, so you're obviously very a... passionate about this stuff. And I'm curious, we, we might have mentioned them before, but what are some of the favorite projects you've worked on? I love doing the NASCAR promos I did last year, uh, the campaign for, for NASCAR. I think because it's a conversation piece. When you tell someone that you were doing promos for NASCAR, especially a you know middle-aged black man, they're like, uh, you did what now? <laughs> yeah, I was the one of the promo voices for NASCAR. Like the car, yeah, you know, they go in the oval and room, gentlemen start your yeah, that one. <laughs> and I remember when I booked it, I started getting all of these inboxes and texts like, Did you really get that? And I, and I knew what they were trying to say without, you know, saying it like, How's this black man doing that? I say, Yeah, it was me. So then when the spot started to air and um, I had a buddy of mine back home was like, bro, this dude on, on uh, Fox sound like you. I'm like, because that's me. Man, <laughs> stop playing. That ain't you, man. And I sent him, you know, I'm like, I'm going to send you the spot. And I sent it to him. He's like, I can't. Bro, he said, I'm about to go brag on you so bad right now. Because NASCAR is a very sacred thing in the South. So to have a, a, a person of color do it in a sport that's not – we're not really represented in it. It was a big thing, and I've, I, I was, um, I was pretty excited about it, and and just like, oh, this is cool. I, I get to do this. So that was probably, that was probably the one um, that I was proud of because at least for me and for my community, to my knowledge, I hadn't um, heard any other person of color do, you know, promos or, or anything for for NASCAR. So that was kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. I, I was um, glad to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right on that too. So you mentioned uh, there's a couple of things. Well, when we were offline, you mentioned there's a couple of things you haven't 
tried. Are there any genres you never ever want to do? Or two prong question: Is there anything you won't do for either ethical or political reasons? Okay, so I love listening to audiobooks. Love it. While I think I have the vocal stamina for it, I don't think I have the patience. Um, <laughs> you know, I can sit and listen. Like if, if if Paul tells me, "Hey, I got a new book out there. Go listen to it." I'll listen to Paul all day. I'm like, oh, good job, man. Now, if he calls well, me and say, hey, I got a gig for you, nah, bro, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. I, I, and I don't know, what, I, and I've done an audiobook before, but I, I played characters, so you have other people. It was, it was an ensemble cast. I could probably do that. So let me, let me amend my statement. I won't say that I won't do audiobooks, but if I have to do one by myself, that's... Uh, that's a no for me. But <laughs> if you tell me, hey, we got this book and you're going to play, you know, Captain Jack and then you're going to play this person, this person, I could probably do that because then that tells me I don't have the whole thing I, I need to read. You know, it may be two or three chapters where I come back. Oh, I'm here now. OK, yeah, let's do that. But if every chapter I'm like, and so we trudged on going through the wastelands, <laughs> I'm, I'll put myself to sleep. So, so so is it a stamina thing for you? Because, I mean, I know you do really well with, like, documentary narration, and there are some carryovers in that kind of storytelling style. So, like, what do you feel is the biggest hurdle for you? Focus. Focus? <laughs> I'll, I'll be that. honest with you. Focus. After about and, – and, and I actually had to turn down um, an audiobook, and I hated that I had to do that. There was a – audiobook company that reached out is like hey we would love for you to do um this audiobook we have about marcus garvey and i'm like oh that would be awesome and i'm thinking eh, maybe it'll, it'll be about three or four chapters long and then they sent over the manuscript i'm like this this is a trilogy i'm i can't do this <laughs> um but i i i gave him a chapter and sent it over, and they were like, oh, we love this. We we, we got to have you on this. I'm like, okay, um, I'll do it. And I could never get any chapters done. I'm just like, I, after getting into it, about an hour or so into it, I'm like, what what am I doing? What, do, what are you doing? You, you, and, it, and it wasn't a, a can't-do kind of thing. It was just... Like no, nah, this is this is not you. Narrations are different, and here's why: when you see a narration on TV, and let's say it's an hour long, the actual like I did one for ESPN for the uh, University of Kentucky Wildcats uh, men's basketball team. Every year before the season starts, they go and do this tournament in the in the islands in the Bahamas. It was a 30 minute documentary. My actual read time was maybe 15 minutes so in between that anytime i would like say something in the script now they're showing video footage or they're interviewing a player or they're interviewing uh john calipari and then i'll come back you know as the players did so and so and so it was time to get the business and now they're showing footage of them you know beating university of puerto rico by 35 or whatever and then i mm -hmm. come back and say something then i come back and say something so things like that i I don't mind doing, but when it's just on and on and on, I, 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 
I love to listen to them. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to guilt you and it, like, come on, Trey, you're leaving money on the table here. But no, I just think you got a wonderful voice for it. And I was just curious what, like, I mean, everyone's got their own reasons and their own path that they're, they're carving. And I think you're doing just fine. But I will say this, Sean. If there is a book that comes along that just absolutely fascinates and intrigues me, I'll give it a shot. I will give it the old mission college try and and really try to you know just all right stay focused keep plenty of tea around you know uh, (laughs) some some crackers something to give me energy and just do the thing but you know i have always been one to sprint and not marathon (laughs) so i respect that totally yeah uh, i go back and forth depending on the the time of the month (laughs) yeah so you know i I um I'm a sprinter in in my mind, not not a marathoner. So um, I will keep sprinting with my promos and 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 commercials. But if the right book comes along, hey, James Bond said never say never. So neither will I. Very true. And I find that like, and that's true of any genre. If it's a project that you're passionate about, like it doesn't matter the technical or mechanical requirements or whatever, you'll you'll get it done. And to answer your question, Paul, um, as far as politically. I wouldn't mind doing political spots if it's just a direct, hey, vote for this guy, vote for that guy. But as far as um, the mudslinging stuff, you know, so-and-so is wasting your tax dollars every year. And, you know, and, and you're really just trying to make the other person just sound like he's the lowest scum of the earth kind of stuff. Hmm. I don't like to do things like that. But if it's something... You know, so-and-so's done a lot for the community. Vote for Paul Stefano, you know, for city councilman. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do the fluff, the, the more fluffy pieces I'll do. Mm-hmm. The so raise the candidate stuff. up. Don't knock the other one down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, do the, I'll do the fluff pieces. I'd love to do that. You know, you know, she's a, she's a woman of the people. You know, he's a man of the people. But did you hear about the scandal, the tape that was going Nah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Very Because cool. we all have our, our, our secrets and whatnot, and... You know, if if this person that you're giving your vote to, for however you feel about the person, you know, vote for them because you feel they're the right person, not because you heard, you know, some some scandalous nonsense. Because then if it, you know, comes out to be wrong and then you vote for some idiot, now you're like, damn, I should have voted for the other guy. Well, it's too late. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm in my old age. <laughs> I'm only 45, but still. I, I like to do feel good stuff, man. It, it's too much going on out there now that people are, are gloom and doom, and I don't want to contribute to the gloom and doom. Let's do happy, fun stuff, um, you know. And I, I don't mind doing stuff that it's snarky. I know that's kind of you know. I don't want mm-hmm. you know. Paul has that <laughs> just <laughs> gift wrapped. That's him all day. <laughs> but I'm just saying, He's got the market. I, I can yeah, I can do snarky, but I don't want to be like a holish and mm-hmm. that. Nah. Now, if it's a video game, it's like, hey, you need to be like kind of an a-hole kind of guy. I can I can do that. But from a political standpoint, no. Um, racially, if it's something, if it's if it's something, I'll tell you a, a quick story. I had a, a production company that I worked for in the Netherlands. And he said what he was trying to say was he wanted my sound to sound more urban, but he didn't know how to say it and and he felt so bad because he thought that what he was saying was racially insensitive to me 
and he was like, um, uh, uh, Trey, I, I, I want you to, to be black. I'm like, I am black. <laughs> no, no, I, I need more black. I'm like, if I get any darker, you won't see me. So what are you trying to say? <laughs> and I'm purposely, you know, effing with him because I'm like, I need him to say what he wants to say. And now he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I have insulted you. I, I don't know. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I know what you want. I said, you don't want a more corporate sound. You want something kind of like this. You need something like this, right? Yes, yes, that is that is the black I want. I'm like... <laughs> But is it the black you need? Yeah, that is. I'm like, right. <laughs> that is the black I want. I said, so you don't want this black where I sound like I got some sense. Oh, what you want is old thug sucker. No, no, I, I don't mean that. I said, I'm just messing. With that. <laughs> that dude literally cried for like two minutes because he he oh. thought that I said I'm and now now I'm feeling like okay now now you're the asshole. I'm like I'm sorry. I'm just messing with you. I know exactly what you want. I know exactly what you want, and I'll give it to you. And then uh, we did the session. He emailed this long, I am so sorry. Um, please forgive. Please forgive. Um, we usually do net 30. We'll send money now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> is that what it takes? Uh, oh, hilarious. I'm very upset then. Send the money now. But, no, he, he was cool about it. But if it's something to, that's dealing with race that – it's the kind of thing where it's shedding, uh, and like I said, I like to do stuff that's positive. So we shed in a positive light, then I'm, I'm all for it. You know, not to be the dead horse. It's just way too much negative crap out there now, and I just will not lend my name or voice to it. Won't do it. Makes sense. And I've turned down a pretty nice payday. Um, there was a spot that was sent to me for like $8,000 to to pretty much say that this guy was just like a POS and I'm like I'm not gonna do it I had another one it was a video game I think an indie video game where um, they were talking to talk so I think one of the characters was God and how he was just something on the lines of God being a terrorist or something like that I'm like yeah that yeah how'd you even get my email address that's not gonna work (laughs) And he was like, man, it, it's just a parody. It's, it's, we're just having fun. I said, well, you have fun on your own time and your own dime. I'm not with it. So, and I'm not super religious, but I am spiritual. And, and I know that my family and friends, if they even got wind of that, that, that just wouldn't sit right within my soul. So I was like, nah, can't do it, buddy. So if it doesn't feel good to true. me, then it's not going to be good for me. Simple as that. Absolutely. Well, Trent, we've talked at VO Atlanta, and you mentioned how that was beneficial for you earlier in your career. Can you talk about what conferences, and maybe it is VO Atlanta specifically, has done for your business? Yeah, uh, and I, what one thing I'm, I um, am kind of bummed that I did not be a part of uh, are the FAFCONs. I used to hear so much about them. And mm-hmm. now, of course, now when I want to go, we're not doing it anymore. Well, that sucks. Although I hear listen, uh, the, the uh, WovoCon is pretty much like the next best thing, one would hope. Really? A lot of the same people working behind the scenes, and it's not as exclusive to get into, but there is the assumption that these are all working pros, and so the overall attendance is smaller. Hmm. Thank you for that nugget, Absolutely. But of course, Mr. Mosley. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that, me boy. Vio Atlanta did a lot for my, um, my career. 
because between that and that's voiceover, those were the two that I attended. You have folks that went to, I think it was called Voice, um, Mavo, and other, you know, conferences. But I, you know, as the years went by, I started to learn about these things. I didn't know that back then. View Atlanta because I saw it on YouTube. And that's voiceover because Joan and Rudy were there. Those are the only two I knew of. So I just kind of stuck with what I knew. And um, they've helped me because it gave me the opportunity to really be around the folks that are are doing it um you know like i said the the day for noise the 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 joe ciprianos the pat fraley's townsend coleman you know bill ratner's of the world and and not just the celeb the vo celebrities but then i've met uh people like carrie olson the great and talented marriage you know who we all know you know people like that as well so you're able to to take something from each of these people and incorporate it into what you want to do. And I think if you're uh, a talent that is really unsure about where you sit in the scale of VO, um, find a conference or two and really immerse yourself in not necessarily the, the panels, immerse yourself in the people outside of the panels because that's mm. where the action is you can sit in the panel and have them talk all day about fair rates now fair rates now or this is how you book a promo this is how you book this but when you talk to these people outside of it and they get to know you as a person and not just another cog in the wheel uh, you make connections that way people start to see you as hey you know he's a really cool dude yeah he really is huh and you know they may have a casting coming up and may not know what your chops are but because you were so nice they'll, they'll throw you a bone and say hey don't really know if this is in your wheelhouse but got this gig coming up uh i know the casting guy he needs you know this this and this give me a couple of takes and send it back and and let's go from there voiceover is all about uh it's community it's connections it's camaraderie you know, it's a big pot of gumbo because you need <laughs> all of those components to be successful. And, oh, and and the last C is confidence, because if you don't have that, the other ones won't matter. Because if mm-hmm. you don't have confidence, you're not going to walk up to that person and say, hey, I'm so-and-so-and-so, or hey, I heard your spot on so-and-so-and-so, great job. If you don't have confidence, you're not going to go when this person sends you that, you know, that could be a potential gig and and go to your mic and let yeah let me knock three out real quick you're gonna sit there and but what if i can't do it so confidence <laughs> above anything is going to attract everything else so if you're Brilliant. not confident then you don't get the other stuff so be confident people but the good thing is to... most people are friendly at these conferences i remember when very Remember when I saw you in the the lobby the two no three years ago I guess three, yeah it was about three I don't think we'd actually met yet and I just sort of grabbed you you were with your uh, your lovely fiance at the time Danielle and I was like hey let's oh, talk and we sat down for like almost an hour and just talked about nothing <laughs> and it was great yeah you're gonna get so many points Paul remember my name <laughs> yeah, there are nah, man we people... sought each other out and gave each other a big old hug you're like yes. daily I'm the Trey yes. Moses about time. Finally, she, brother um, from another it's mother. Funny. She talks about there are certain people that she's met that, um, you know, she's like, you know, 
I have never seen an industry like this where you guys genuinely like to see each other. She's gone to corporate <laughs> corporate stuff and it's like, hey, there's you know, there's Dave in accounting. Ah, screw Dave. And then Dave comes up, hey, bud, how's it going? You know, she's like, you guys like, like y'all like each other. I'm like, yeah, we do. Like we, um, when I think it was you, you, Brad. It was Brad. It was Brad. It was me. And it was you. And we were in there when Towns after uh, Towns and Coleman said a speech, and we all mm. took a picture and, and and got hugged. She was like, I've never seen so much. Man, love in my life. <laughs> She's just tearing up, man. She's like, it's so I'm, nice. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so beautiful. And uh, I just wanted to make one point, and then we'll we'll do one more question. But like, I often tell people, like, if you've got, like, if you're really interested in VO and you've got a budget of about one to two grand, you really should consider whether, like, you want to dive in with a coach, or if you're even uncertain, go to a conference because you're going to learn a crap ton about all aspects of the industry. And, like you said, you're going to get to know the people who make it up very well. And then you can make those choices like, is this an industry? Is this an environment that I even want to be in? Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, it looks like you're spending a lot up front, but honestly, if that's all you ever spend, it's a lot less than what you could spend if you just kind of spin your wheels and do a little bit of this and that for years and years and don't really go anywhere. So it's something that you really should consider, especially if you're at those beginning stages. But um, one more question, and then we'll wrap up. I mean, you've got, you've got this wonderful attitude. You've got this healthy stable of clients and projects right now. What's the future for Trey? Um, the future for me, I still have one thing on my VO bucket list that I haven't scratched off yet. Oh, do tell. Or not if it's going to jinx it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Trailers. I have yet Mm. to do Mm. any trailers. I've, I've, I had some auditions come, um, got a couple of short lists, but haven't cracked that nut just yet. So everything that I've sought to do. I've got the video game uh, under my belt. Actually, I got there are a couple indie games that I have that I'm working on with a production team that's in the works. I've got the narration. I got the promo. I've done commercials. So trailer is like that that unreachable star. I keep seeing it, and I kind of reach and reach, and it keeps getting further and further away. But I am hoping that before the year is out, you'll hear a quick rated R from me soon or PG-13. So, hey, if you're listening out there and you need a trailer guy, I know one in particular who uh, <laughs> could bring some spice to your to your flick there. So come on, give me a call. So, we, yeah, have the highest, we have the highest profile casting agents in Hollywood listening to us on a daily basis. I'm positive of that. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. They say they're always looking for new talent. They're always looking. I'm here. So yes, but no, that would that will probably be the the one thing, um, is is uh, to to knock the the trailer thing out. I love doing promos now, um, which seems to kind of be uh, the 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 bread and butter for me. So I've been doing this thing with Madden, which is crazy because I actually have fans. I'm like, what is this? What is this That's like? So nuts. I I got these these 13, 14 year old boys that are following me on Instagram and they're like, Hey, are you really the voice? And uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So I get these kids and it was like a group chat 
And they all hit me up at once, like, hey, my friend says you're you're the voice of Superstar. So the mode in the game is called Superstar KO. And a lot of the kids play because it's a faster mode. They don't have to sit and, and play four quarters of football. It's like a 10-minute game. No, not even 10, maybe five-minute game combined. And um, I play the DJ in the game. Um, well, you you from B-More. You familiar with the And One mixtape? Yep. Okay, so you know how dude is on the mic like, yo, that's a nice play. Yo, baby. I'm kind of that guy in the game. So it's like, all right, third and 15. Let's see what he's going to do. Oh, going back to pass. Oh, man, where's the defense? Yep, so that's kind of the character that I play. And the kids love it. So when these when these kids hit me up, I'm like, okay, I got something I'll do for them. So I tagged them all in a post and did the voice of the character I do in the game, and they lost it. <laughs> uh, it was like, it's really him? And then I got like 20 follows, <laughs> all from their high school. I'm like, do you know? <laughs> hey, that's my buddy. We're, we're in you know third period together. That's my pal. I'm like, wow. So there's that, um, which has been really cool. Um, and they also just uh, let me know that the mode is very successful, and they want to bring me back for Madden 21. Already, wow. Yeah, congrats. So I'm like, like, huh, okay, let's go. So yeah, it's um it's been a good couple of years, man. I'm I'm on a I'm on a good run and I'll just continue to do what I do. Um when the agent send me something that's good and I think I'm good for it, I'll send it out. I'll continue to work my social media channels, uh putting content up. Um I will as my wife sends me a message saying, are you still in your interview? Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> and she'll hear this, I'm sure. But just, I just want to continue to grow. One thing about this business, you'll never stop learning and growing because technology is going to change. Uh, trends are going to change. You know, everyone thought that the, the great announcer was dead. But then it, certain spots now I've heard him like, nah, he's not dead. He's just sleep. And every now and then they'll zombie. elbow him and wake him up. <laughs> Huh, you need what? Coming this, you know, so different things come and go, just like in any. Uh, I just think like flannel. Any, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. So it's coming like back, fashion, man. Trends come and go. I mean. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. It never left. That's true. <laughs> How about that? So I, I think I want to expand on the type of work I do. Um, I think I want to reach out more to. Um, the folks that are coming behind me. And I'll tell you this real quick, and then we can wrap up. The last VO Atlanta I went to, uh, matter of fact, that's when we all were there, 2016. Um, I want, you know, VO Atlanta is notorious for their raffles at the end of the conference. Mm -hmm. The raffle that I won was a one-hour consult with Joe Cipriano. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't talk to him. That guy's a jerk. <laughs> what does he know? <laughs> what does he know? I can hear Joe now. Oh, you guys are funny. Um, oh, man. So me and Joe were talking, and I let him hear the demo that I had done. Uh, I had gotten done. And he was like, Trey, it's a great demo. It'll serve you well. But um, I need to hear more Trey. I need to hear more you. So your next demo, I, I need you to get something that's going to really represent who you are. It'll serve you well, but it's not going to really get you the work that you want. Mm. And I was like, 
thank you so much for being honest with me. Um, you know, I don't and I don't know how to repay. He's like, just pay it forward. And that's what I've been doing. You know, I've had gear that I haven't used. I've sent to people. I'm like, hey, I'm not using this doll anymore. Um, it's yours if you want it. Um, a buddy of mine who's been trying to get into audiobooks forever had some, you know, financial trouble and had to part with, with his gear. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what. I was gifted my 416. So the shotgun that I had before the 416, I gave to him. I'm like, it'll be in the wow. mailbox in a couple of days. So brilliant, man. If I get in a bigger position to pay things forward even more, um, I'd be good with that. Well, honestly, man, the the gratitude just oozes off of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's dripping. That's what we say in the hood, man. It's dripping. It's dripping for real. That's right. It's so, but I mean, it's so, like, it couldn't be more true. Because, I mean, like, you've just got this wonderful, this gentle optimism about you. And like I said, all the work that you got, you receive, like, you totally deserve it. And you're just a perfect example of the laws of attraction, man. You were patient, persistent, you worked hard, and just super-duper positive. And I think all of us can learn from that. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I, and, you know, I have my days where, um, you know, even even Superman takes a day off where I have to hang up the cape, and I'm like, okay, this is just not one of those days. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll post my, you know, my, my happy, positive Facebook post, and then there's some days I'm like, I don't want to post anything. And that that's just being human. But mm-hmm. for those days that I, I'm feeling good, I like to, you know, share the wealth in any way I can. If it's an email, somebody asking me, hey, can you listen to this audition? Or, you know, be honest with me. Do you think I got a shot at this? You know, I'll, I'll do what I can. Uh, I've referred folks for work. Um, I've had folks refer work uh, to me, Mr. Daly. And um, <laughs> happy to do it. Yeah. So it's 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 people like you. And, and Paul and, and, and other folks in this industry that make me want to do what I do because I think the more nice folks we have in the industry, um, especially for the for the 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 new generation of of uh, first and second year and even third year folks that that are coming in, they'll stay and then they'll want to contribute and it just mm. keeps going and keeps perpetuating everybody else to just be good. Well said. I want to be. I want to be Bob Sauer. <laughs> they say yeah. Bob's, there you go. Bob's the second nicest man. I I, I want to be the third nicest man behind him. I don't want to be oh, the rats. But... You just bumped me down a spot. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, I'll take. Four. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll be the fourth. Oh, it's all right. There's room for everyone on the nice there list. You, there We're, you go. Trey, you Trey and I will share the runner-up for the nicest. Man. There you go. <laughs> you know. Well, Trey, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we've known each other for a while, virtually, you know, doing air quotes. I think we met back in 2015 on the BOBB, and it's a pleasure to finally have you on the show. I can't believe we haven't done this before. I apologize yeah, for the delay. Definitely. Oh, man, yeah. hey, life happens, dude. I'm, I'm, when, when, you, when you guys hit me up, I'm like, huh, they like me. It was so, just me finally getting over my bitter jealousy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Uh, let it go. He's, he's no. a very proud man. It, it he took a is. Lot. He is. No. Paul, Paul's an awesome dude. He knows. He just definitely that's his, man. That's his thing. But no, I, I enjoyed it, guys. I, I'm glad that you um, took the time to talk to the old man, and um, it was fun. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself. Cheese. 
I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will too when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. So thanks again to Trey for coming on the VO Meter. The guy just has such a great spirit. He's been so fun to talk to and hang out with at VO Atlanta the last couple of years and uh, a breath of fresh air in the industry. So happy for him. The word beacon comes to mind. Mm. <laughs> He's just such a positive, radiant guy, you know. He just makes you feel, he makes you smile every time you see him. Yeah, he's a good counterbalance to me because I'm generally kind of just <laughs> pissy and full of vinegar. So whenever I talk to Trey, I feel better about myself, too. <laughs> the, the bitter cynic. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Trey, for being on the podcast. That pretty much wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. Come join us next episode when we talk with audiobook coach and narrator Marguerite Gavin slash Shannon Parks. And we talk about, uh, among other things, the importance of pseudonyms for working actors. And uh, who else do we got coming up after that? We also have recent Sovas winner and fellow Baltimorean Rex Anderson, who will talk to us about how he works out of a smaller market like Baltimore. And that's actually being done in person in my lovely uh, Lutherville studio. Very cool. Can't wait. But that's it for now. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 